0: Welcome to Narrative Responsibility, a podcast about examining the meta-story of your life, how well it is serving you, and how to change it for the better. I'm Elena Wolf, Relationship Coach and Life Alignment Mentor, and this is this week's New Perspective. Hi there! I'm so glad you're here today. This is Episode 12, Curating Traditions. You could also call this the holiday management episode. Today, I want to talk about holiday traditions at kind of a philosophical level, so that hopefully it can offer you some ideas for how to cultivate a more authentic and personally satisfying relationship with the holiday traditions that you might have, either in your family or your culture The friend group around you, you know, whatever, for whatever reasons you might feel obligated to participate in them, I think it's really important for all of us to have our own unique and personal relationship with any traditions that we carry out. So let's dive into this topic. First, I'm just gonna lay out some of the reasons that traditions might actually be hard, especially for millennials. Um, that's my generation, myself, the majority of my friends. And so that's kind of where I'm seeing and speaking from. Your mileage may vary, but here's some of the reasons that I think a lot of holiday traditions are kind of hard for us. All right. So I think for a lot of millennials, holiday traditions can really feel like performative obligations and not our authentic personal choices we have more context generally in our generation and the culture at large these days for why and how things got started. And so some of the traditions that we have inherited or that our families are still like older family uh, generations are still carrying out might feel less sacred or immutable and a little more arbitrary. Sometimes they might even feel kind of icky A really obvious example to me is the iconography around American Thanksgiving of the colonial settlers hand in hand smiling with, you know, the native peoples over a feast. And just the more information that comes out about how terribly abusive and like just horrible Uh, colonial governments have been to Native peoples makes that feel even more, I don't know, untrue and kind of gross. And the more you know, the less you like it. (laughs) Um, And I feel like there are a lot of parts of holiday traditions that can kind of have that tone to them where, you know, we know where they come from because of alternative cultural histories or you know, not whitewashing things so much. And is that really what we want to be perpetuating? Uh, so that I think that question can make us sort of have an ambivalence toward a lot of traditions. Sometimes the traditions that we, that we have feel disconnected from the modern world and our lives and mindset and culture as it is now. I mean, like Santa coming down chimneys. Who has chimneys anymore? Most of us... Most of us don't. Anybody who lives in a house that was built after about, I think, 1980 probably doesn't have a chimney, or at least in certain parts of the the country, they don't. Uh, Also, Santa being super judgy and like casting moral judgments on little children for being bad, when I think a, a plurality of people in my age group now understand that if children are misbehaving and throwing tantrums or acting out, it's actually a sign of unmet needs, which kind of relates to bad parenting. So like Santa, brah, like, what are you doing blaming the kids for this? You should be leaving coals in the parents' stockings and giving those poor little kids like extra hugs. Come on. Also, as a society, we're more secular these days. So any of the religious trappings that came down or any of the traditions that derived from The religious aspects of the holiday can feel maybe irrelevant, maybe intrusive, maybe we feel like the intruder to use them, or maybe it feels a little sacrilegious. Or, you know, kind of again, we look at, well, okay, those, you know, so called sacred religious traditions were actually co opted from these other cultures and kind of reinterpreted. And, you know, maybe we want to go back to the original, maybe we want to just scrap it all and do something new. A lot of these traditions, things like decorating, things like like whether it's your house on the outside, on the inside, whether it's holiday parties, dressing up, you know, in the holiday colors, Christmas cards, gifts, going to church, going to events and performances, like all of those things require time and money and energy. And sometimes those are in short supply. If you're in, if you're in a household where all of the adults work Especially if some of them have multiple jobs. I mean, I think at least half, I think I read a statistic where like at least half of all millennials have some kind of side hustle or second job. Where is the time and the energy supposed to come from? If you're having to work that much to make ends meet, where's the money for all of this extra supposed to come from? And if you have kids, they still need someone to manage their schedule, like unlike When we were kids and our parents just sort of let us roam free, Uh, maybe this is more like older millennial Gen X than younger millennials, but still, you know, there was there was an age where Stranger Things was just what happened in childhood. And parents might have actually been able to conjure the time to do all this holiday stuff. But guess what? That's not the world we live in now. So where's that time supposed to come from while you're still managing your kids and taking them to playdates and like hanging out and, you know, having a chat with the mom while you're there and dropping them off at a friend's. But then you have to stay to dinner. And (laughs) like it just there's a lot more that parenting requires these days than it used to. And again, that leaves time in short supply for all of this like extra above the normal schedule stuff, especially. When the trappings, when the traditions that we're trying to find the time and the space in our lives to enact are things that we're doing for other people more than for ourselves. Or like if we're leaving our home that we live in to go spend the holiday somewhere else with relatives, like kind of what's the point? So it's really, it can be really disheartening and actually kind of an energy drain to engage in Traditions That we're not doing for ourselves, but rather for the, again, the performative obligation to other people. And on a somewhat related, but also somewhat separate note, a lot of people in my generation, or at least a lot of people that I personally know in my generation, are emotionally disconnected from their family, because they're acting essentially as cycle breakers to patterns of dysfunction and inherited pain. And if you're in that position within your family, but your family still kind of has their dysfunctional dynamic, that can be really exhausting to have to engage with them. It might feel painful to carry out traditions that are associated with a family that left your needs unmet and left you feeling unheard, that kind of made you feel so emotionally marginalized. Yeah, like it's just there's a lot of emotional debris that the holidays bring up for a lot of people. And I think when you're thinking about traditions and whether to carry them out or which traditions you carry out, it's important to acknowledge that. So like, why do we have traditions at all? And Um, I guess I have three phases of an answer here. You know, one that's like goes from cynical to practical to ideal. So the very cynical answer is inertia. We have traditions because of inertia. They already exist. People already do them. There are tracks built into our minds and psyches, both individually and collectively for them. Sometimes it's easier to just keep doing them. So there can be a cultural inertia. You know, this is things like literally at a cultural level, we have systems that perpetuate certain traditions, like school calendars always having two weeks off in December over Christmas, or uh, the federal holidays, and a lot of businesses closing on the days, you know, the holidays. So whether you celebrate the actual holidays or not, you still have the time off, or like culturally, you know, we all kind of take a break together. Unless, of course, you work retail or food service, and don't have that option. There are physical products that appear like all over the place at certain times of year that remind us of the holidays and support these traditions. Even the the things that are more ephemeral that show up like in in memes and reminders on social media are often repeating Holiday traditions, iconography, symbols, things like that. So there's a lot that's just kind of baked in at a cultural level that reinforces them. We also have familial inertia. This is what we could call con- conditioning, and sometimes it might also involve a lot of like guilt. <laughs> um, it's, you know, if we have family members that protest when we ask to change something. Or if they agree to the change, but then kind of act like mopey and sad and talk about how they regret going along with our request to change it. Or maybe they agree to change it, but then do it anyway, which is kind of breaking a verbal contract they made with us to not do this thing this year. And we kind of look like the jerk for thinking that the verbal contract was solid and not doing it. Then there's also kind of personal inertia. It's just a lack of critical reflection on the things that you do. So it's easier to just sort of do what you've always done and to do what your family does and to do what your culture does than to stop and think about why you might or might not do those things. And if you decide it's a not to then have to push back against the forces of your culture and your family, or if you want to shift and do something different, then there's mental labor and the creative energy to institute a a new and different tradition that you want to start carrying forward. So in a more kind of practical, positive sense, why humans in general have traditions? There is a comfort of the familiar. We can gain a sense of safety or normalcy if we experience something again and again. Uh, We have associative memories, and sometimes if we, you know, have a deeply enough embedded association, it can make that time of year feel wrong or like something's off if we don't do it again. Having traditions, especially things that repeat, you know, either certain times of the year or certain intervals, can really give us a sense of being anchored into that season or that year as a whole, we also have nostalgia for both past and weirdly enough, uh, for the future. What What I mean here is that we might have nostalgia for where we actually have been either personally or culturally. But then we also have this sort of projected nostalgia, where we imagine our future self looking back on their past, which is our present, and feeling nostalgic, or having fondness or delight in the memory that we're creating right now with our now moment choices. We can experience some time travel with sensory associations, like the sights and the sounds of things that we've seen and done before can take us back to our own childhood or or a different time of life. You know, maybe it's your very first year in the city and the place that you chose as an adult to make your home, that sort of thing. We have often, I think, a desire to relive joyful times of the past. And again, to kind of create joyful times in the present, whether that's for ourselves, or our loved ones, thinking here, in the sense of parents feeling an obligation to give their children happy memories of the holidays, you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, there's also a little cynicism here, we live in an age of social signaling and social media, we want to have the happy family pictures that we can put on Instagram and show that like, hey, we're fine and our family is so happy and everything's fine here. Did I, did I mention that it's fine? Like we are just fine over here. Smile for the camera. Smile. Smile. Sorry. Uh, is that just me? <laughs> I actually don't do a whole lot of performative Instagram. Uh, My personal Instagram is a hot mess, but, you know, it's also honest. And that's, yeah, that's a thing. Um, And then, you know, as human beings, we find it easier to understand things that we already have some relationship with or that we have already experienced. Some people, this is a minority personality type-wise, maybe like 10% of people actually kind of thrive on a rejecting of what they know and have experienced before, novelty all the time, all the ways. But generally speaking, most people do better with something that is at least a little bit familiar to them. And then that also creates space for the creativity of doing the same thing differently that can be really inspiring for people and really soothing to, to experience. And, you know, in the in the idealistic sense, the reason that we engage in traditions is connection seeking. We are seeking connection to others in the now, whether that's strangers on the street, whether that's friends, whether that's family. I don't know if this is true everywhere, but at least where I live in the South, people are noticeably friendlier in stores, in, you know, in public places on the street during this time of year. And I think it's because, you know, we're all sort of sharing something, we're all sharing this cultural moment. So that creates this instant connection, even if there's no other connection between you and this other person. You know, another example might be Christmas cards as a way of touching in with people that you don't actively have relationships with, but you still have goodwill for and you want to check in with and hear how they're doing and kind of share how you're doing, you know, because they you assume that they have the same goodwill for you. So I think um, Christmas cards are like a really or holiday cards, not necessarily Christmas, but holiday cards are a pretty common way for people to maintain that very kind of secondary layer of connections in their life. And it feels good. It feels good to hear from old friends and to touch in and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I do still think of you fondly. And I'm glad to know that you're well. We are seeking connection to our personal past. This is maybe memories from our childhood or other eras of life. Maybe it also connects us back to, like, our relationship phases, whether that's our relationship with our children, our relationship with our family, our relationship with our partner. I, I know some people will do, like, an ornament every year. So, like, what's, you know, this is the ornament from our first Christmas together, and this is the ornament from our second Christmas. And, oh, look, we're up to 12 Christmases. isn't, You know, that's beautiful. We might be seeking connection to our family's past. Maybe, like, great-grandma has already passed on, but we still make her Plum pudding because it just wouldn't be Christmas without it. How can we not have that? And we might also be seeking connection to our cultural history, whether that is our religious community and traditions, our specific national or ethnic heritage, or just a shared heritage of humans and humanity kind of surviving together long, dark, cold winter nights when we kind of need this festival of light and hope to carry us through. So You know, there's a lot of reasons, both kind of personal and cultural, both positive and negative for us to engage in traditions. Being deliberate about what we do is a way to navigate the dissonance between our personal values and our desired traditions and the traditions that maybe we follow for others. When you've taken the time to critically examine why you do the things that you do, And if you have actively chosen them for yourself, you can let go of the sense of obligation or frustration at spending time and energy and money for others' sake at the expense of your own. Because when you consciously and deliberately choose to engage in it, you make it your own. And, you know, it's no longer at your expense. It's serving some personal value or goal of yours. As an example... Maybe you personally don't really practice any particular religion and you don't go to church, but you want to honor your grandmother's desire to go to church with her as a family on Christmas. And so in that sense, maybe you're serving a personal value around how you show up in your relationship to your grandmother and not being at the mercy of the currents of the family or your grandmother's expectations or demands of you. And I'm just gonna insert a note here. If your family doesn't take no for an answer or like they push back really hard with emotional punishments or guilting or shaming when you try to opt out of traditions, then you may not be able to truly consent to those traditions. You may not be able to find your own reasons. Avoiding punishment is not the same as actively choosing. And if that is you, hugs, Uh, I suggest you look into emotionally immature parents so okay, what does it look like to curate your own traditions and take ownership of them? First, think about all the things you do around the holidays, your traditions and your family traditions. Do you go to certain places? You know, whether this is locally or traveling, like do you always go home to your parents and your your childhood home? Or do you you know, tour certain neighborhoods to look at the Christmas lights, like that kind of of going to certain specific places? Do you see certain people? Do you make certain foods? Do you wear certain things, whether this is clothing items or or perfume or pieces of jewelry, something like that? Are there activities or events that you always do? Does the local college put on a a production of Handel's Messiah that you go to every year? Or, you know, do you go to church on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Or do you have some kind of community event like a Christmas parade that make a point to go to every year? Are there decorations that you use, um, whether that's a tree in your home or decorating your whole house or a whole room or the outside or all of the above? Are there traditions that you carry out like sending out cards or exchanging gifts with people, that sort of thing? So once you kind of know all of the different things that you do to acknowledge the holiday, all of the traditions and the the ways that you engage with it, think about why you do those things and also whether you personally enjoy them. What are your reasons for participating in or continuing these traditions Do those reasons feel like good reasons? Do they feel like they're moving you toward joy or enrichment or connection? Or is it more that they're moving you away from things like shame or criticism? Remember that you're an adult. You are a sovereign, intelligent being. That means your relationships are all consensual, even with adult family members, like all of you have to choose to keep knowing each other and keep coming together. So that means that you have authority over your actions, and what you do or do not consent to in those relationships. And in your life, you have authority over how you spend your time and your energy and money. So Are you really claiming it? Are you claiming it both in general and, you know, specifically around the holidays and these traditions? Because if you're doing stuff because other people want it, want you to, and not because you really want to, then that might be something you need to look at is how do I claim my sovereign authority over my time and energy? Some more, I guess, specific questions you might ask. Are these traditions aligned to your life right now? Can you afford them? Emotionally, energetically, and financially? Do they make logistical sense for you to carry out? Do they bring you, and I mean you as you are right now, not some hypothetical future you and not a past you that created beliefs that still influence your perception now, but like legitimately you, you right now, do they bring you comfort or joy or satisfaction? Are there any traditions that you could let go of and feel lighter for letting go of? Are there traditions that you might like to bring back, maybe that someone else in your family let go of, that you really miss and kind of feel pain at not having? Are there traditions that you could start that are just for you and your joy? Maybe these are purely new, innovative things, Or maybe it's taking on cultural traditions that your family never did. But, you know, is there something that you would like to do that would add joy and delight to your holiday traditions that you aren't doing right now? I'll offer you a few of my personal calibrations with some of these questions just so you can see it in action. And I will do my best to point out my personal biases and preferences that shaped these decisions. So, for example, I really love food and I love cooking and baking. I have personally a much bigger attachment to the traditional American, you know, kind of turkey and dressing holiday meal at Thanksgiving rather than at Christmas. And then I personally, probably my favorite of all the holiday meals is the Southern New Year's Day meal. It's like black eyed peas and cornbread and greens and ham. And it's just, uh, I love it so much. So I do those meals very traditionally but then at christmas i feel free to experiment and you know get on instagram and pinterest and just try different stuff and maybe there's things that are kind of reminiscent of cultural traditions of holidays like certain spices or or food elements that i use but i don't feel bound to specific traditions but on the other hand i do have a couple recipes that i always make because it doesn't feel like the holidays if I don't make them. One of them is Wassel and the other are these meringue cookies. My godmother, uh, who has been gone, gosh, 20 plus years now, uh, always used to make this particular kind of cookie at Christmas. Part of the reason she made them at Christmas is because where I grew up was too humid for anything other than like the darkest, coldest, driest of winter nights to let them cure properly. So for me, there's a hugely strong association between those cookies and Christmas, and those cookies and my godmother that I still miss and, you know, want to keep some kind of of memory to and connection to. So I make that recipe at Christmas. I personally enjoy Christmas cards, but I want them to be more than just like a signed card or a newsletter. So a couple years ago, I started writing kind of a chaos magic blessing that's literally meant to be like an energetic gift to the recipients. It's a little poem that the universe kind of helps me create and sort of feel into what's right, like what do the people on my mailing list need for this year ahead. And then I, you know, write out however many hand copies I need and send it with my cards or sometimes in lieu of cards. So it's these little handwritten pieces of love, and because I have a pretty big mailing list, like I haven't counted this year, but last year was approaching 70, it's a good way for me to do something special and personal, but at kind of a bigger scale. I personally could happily live the rest of my life without ever exchanging another Christmas gift beyond like cards and time together, or maybe food, shared experiences, but I have friends that that really matters to Some of them don't have family that they actually have a good relationship with or like they don't have people to exchange gifts with or I guess I should say they don't have people to exchange really personal gifts with. Like the whole point of giving a gift, in my opinion, is a way to say like, I know you. I saw this thing and I knew you would love it and that your face would light up to see it. So here it is. Here's this expression of how well I know you. And if you're getting gifts that are impersonal or that don't reflect you, it's kind of painful. So, you know, for my friends that don't have the kind of relationship with their families that allow them to get real gifts, it's important to do the friend gift exchange. I'm happy to honor that, even if it's not something that I personally need or, you know, care all that much about. And then the friends to whom it doesn't matter or they do that with their families and don't need that from friends, like we find other ways to celebrate and connect and that's also wonderful. Kind of going to the religious aspect, like I personally am not a Christian, but I was raised in a family that was, and Christmas was one of the few times we did go to church. Because of the genuine like reverence my grandparents especially had for their religion, like my grandfather was a minister and <laughs> my, my grandmother was a very faithful minister's wife and until the day she died, I have a lot of ambivalence around the religious and secular aspects of of Christmas as a season, I understand both sides where, to some extent, it's just it's a cultural thing, like, it's not about the religious tradition. And honestly, in some ways, it never was, like the Christian religious traditions were imposed upon something that (laughs) was already there that people were already culturally doing. So really, that was the co option. But in it's just kind of coming back to what it always has been, which is, you know, revelry and celebration and joy and kind of finding the light in the darkness. But also, you know, I was raised with a lot of solemnity and reverence for this time of year. Um, So I get it. Like, I get that it can feel complicated. And for me, that bleeds a little bit into Christmas music. I actually dislike a lot of kind of commercial secular Christmas music, Uh, maybe partly because it's all so awkwardly old fashioned and just goes back to a musical tradition that I don't especially like. So I I personally prefer a lot of the religious hymns and carols and, you know, it's, it's my as- aesthetic preference and then also, again, a way to feel connected to my very traditionally religious grandparents. So I think that's enough examples from me to kind of give you an idea of how you might Look at the traditions that you have and the things that you do to kind of notice and honor and mark the holiday and decide why am I doing them? Is that a good reason for me? Is that worth it to me? What can I jettison because it actually doesn't mean anything to me and doesn't add anything to my experience? And again, you know, I'll just reiterate some of my personal preferences here. I am not. Really, that strongly driven by nostalgia. I don't have a huge enjoyment of the same thing but different. And I'm not somebody who goes all out with decorating and gift giving or, you know, the religious aspects. I do value very, very strongly, though, connection. And so I choose traditions that make me feel connected to others, either in the here and now or to my personal and family past. But Those are my calibrations for what matters to me. You get to make your own assessments. You get to make your own choices. You should make your own choices here. (laughs) Like don't, Don't listen to me, some random person on the internet, you know, make your own choices. Decide what makes you feel enlivened and joyful and connected. What gives you light rather than darkness at this time of year and do those things. The main thing is just to surface your awareness of why you're doing what you're doing and then kind of make sure that it's for reasons you would consciously choose that align with your values and where you want to be going as a person. And I hope that if you're someone who is stuck in a cycle of doing holidays for others or a family system that leaves you kind of unseen and disconnected and playing a part, I hope that you can find some aspect of the holiday and its traditions to claim for yourself. Maybe this is starting a new tradition that you do so that you have something of your own for this time of year. My blessing card is an example of that. As another example, I have a friend who builds a gingerbread village with her son because her family never did that. And so it's something that they do that's just for them, just her and him. I want to leave you today with my blessing for this year. May 2024 be a year for 11th hour miracles, untraveled roads, equations that balance, and heart healing clarity. So there it is. Take it if you need it. And thank you so much for being here today. And, you know, for any other days you've been here and tuned into episodes this year. If you want to know more about my work, you can check out thepatternbreaker.com or follow me on Instagram at thepatternbreaker. And until next time, what part of your story, what part of your traditions are you going to take responsibility for this week?